What do you mean? What? What do you mean? What do you mean a tournament? Oh, oh, you mean in the group chat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I forgot. I, I, I think I was. I must have been at a showing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it and I was just. I like put my phone back in my pocket, kind of like shaking my head, because someone, someone in the group chat. I don't know if it was you or someone else brought up Madden, and I was just like, "Bro, they will never learn, will I'm they?" I'm telling you, bro. I'm gonna do like a summer, just straight trivia. It's like slash. I'm actually going to test all you guys' knowledge. I'm gonna go to y'all cribs. I'm gonna beat y'all. To make sure y'all eat, and I'm going. That's all it's gonna be. Duran. We've had this discussion before. Yes, you're second best to me. <laughs> In Madden? Yes. Remember that, okay? It's okay. It's okay to be second. Oh, my goodness. I understand, oh my Prince. Goodness. You are first in a lot of things. I get it. But in that particular thing, you are number two. Don't do two. this. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Duran, oh, anyone, anyone who knows the two of us knows as a knows that I cannot be touched at Madden. We know this. This is this has been a fact that's been proven for decades, Deron. Listen. Literally decades. At least two decades. Chris Johnson is a cheat code, okay? Outside of that Deron, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Deron, Deron, here's the thing. It's okay. You act like you only played me in Madden when... Chris Johnson was in the league. Do you for have you forgotten Eddie George? Eh. Do you forget that the Titans have Derrick Henry eh. now? Eh. I'm not worried I, about him. It's I mean, okay, okay. okay. Hey, second place is you a know nice what? place to be. Nigel, like, Steve, Cardell. If you guys are listening to this right now, <laughs> please talk some sense into this man so that I do not go to his crib and me and him end up getting into a shouting match because I bust his ass and Madden again. Please talk some sense into this oh man. He won't listen, guys. He won't listen. He will never learn. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Anyway. Tour. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the New Block Nerds Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Thrones. I am your host, Chris, a.k.a. Prince, with the homie and co-host... Soon to be food on the Madden sticks. You must say living Deron, aka living <laughs> legend Madden player Deron, aka Medic Grizz. It's okay. I said it for you. Deron. I finished it for you, bro. I got Deron. you. Deron, we here. Stop. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you get away with this on the pod. You, you know, and I know. At least in our friend group, I am, I am the king of Madden. Don't, don't, don't try to deny this. Don't try to deny this, because I'll I'll be fo- I'll be forced to prove myself, and I don't want to have to do that to you. We can go live one time, and play Madden for the fans, and oh see. I just God. want you to know that, okay? I just do you still remember how to play? Like you 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 know how to play Madden, right? Like you haven't. You know what, man? Like you need like a next time I see you. <laughs> next time I see you, better you better have the game ready, dog. You better have the game ready. I want to hear no fucking excuses about your controller wasn't working, about the game glitched up or some shit. I don't oh. want I don't want to hear none of those excuses, bro. Got it. I don't want to hear no excuses. You hear me? None. I'll make sure you have some tissue here for you and you cry afterwards. It's okay. Anyway, anyway, guys, um, welcome back. We're back in Westeros. I'm going to ignore Duran. 
Um, we're just going to get to it. Um, we were talking Ned Stark last week. We are still in the north. Uh, this time we are not going south. We're going north to the wall with one Tyrion Lannister. Uh, Deron, we were kind of talking a little bit off air about this, um, you know, why we love Tyrion chapters so much. Uh, I really like this chapter because it gives you some classic Tyrion of just him kind of being super observant and just kind of taking in things, but also having a little bit of heart as well, too, um, where, you know, he's he's watching John's reaction to, uh, you know, some of the the captives that are going north to the wall with him. Um, and he's starting to kind of realize that, you know, the wall is not maybe as noble of a cause uh, as it was maybe pitched to him. Like Tyrion kind of feels bad for him because he feels like maybe he's been sold a false bill of goods here about, you know, the uh, the honor of, of being a Night's Watch uh, brother. So, <clears throat> um, it, and it is kind of funny to see because it seems like everyone else understands what the Night Watch has become. Maybe at some point they were, you know, a very honorable institution, but now it's just become a place where you send the worst criminals, your your rapists, your thieves, and all these kinds of things. Um, so I don't know what what would you think about about that overall kind of just like atmosphere? It was kind of like like Santa Claus Tooth Fairy type vibe. Like John had this like the legend of of being a part of the wall and how it was a great honor bestowed him, and then like that's like child's dream, child's fantasy. And then when you go out and pass, you start going north and you realize, hey, they're picking up more people to go to the north. And they smell. Their attire is not even, like, recognizable to be of honor. And, like, just overall, why are you even here? Oh, you committed a crime. It's like you have a bunch of misfits there. And then you have Tyrion's back there looking like, this guy doesn't know anything. It's like his dreams are just breaking nope. in front of him. And then you see him like, darn, he really didn't know. And so when Tyrion being Tyrion's like, well, you're gonna learn the hard way. Just say hey, I feel for you, but you gotta learn, and this is what it's gonna be. And then it even goes to the point of how Tyrion is who he is, and like he is a midget, he is a dwarf. Like, he's like that's what he is. So he can't physically do what everyone else does. So when he comes down to breaking down the camp and doing different things, it shows a part of him where he has to like focus on what he's good at. So he gets out the way, he reads books, and he reads a lot of gains a lot of knowledge there, and that's how he is very crafty. And how, like it even mentioned now, he read about the maps, but he never, it's totally different walking the terrain. How the north is right. not, the maps give it no justice of how the wear and tear, how the weather is, how it's a brutal journey being up here. But you yeah. wouldn't, any most people wouldn't know that at all, but he by him reading the books and him being a scholar, because that's what he felt he has to be to stand out. And then seeing John just absorbing everything and realizing that the world is different outside those walls. It's a good combo. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I I love that quote that Tyrion has in here. Um, you know, where he's kind of talking to John, and he's like, John's like, you know, why do you why do you read so much? Yeah. And he's like, look at me and tell me what you see. Do you see a warrior? Do you see a fighter? You see someone who's going to become some great lord one day? No. My 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 brother Jamie, he has his sword. Queen Cersei has her looks, but I mean, look at me. I. I'm smart. 
And a brain needs books like a blade needs a whetstone. I love that quote because it's like that's how he hones his skills. That's how he becomes the person that he ultimately becomes because he is so smart, because he's so witty, because he's so he's so crafty, like you said. He's so cunning, like he's, you know, constantly thinking of, you know, solutions, mm-hmm. right? And also so good, John and being so like, kind. John's like, you're a Tyrion, like you're just, you're a guy. He's not even thinking or looking at him any kind of way. It's like, oh, you're such a good right. person. But no, <laughs> that's not how the world sees me. Right. Well, it's just, it's just a little bit of naivety too, right? With John being, you know, a 14 year old child at this point, right? Yes. Um, he just... You know, and, and and he is a little skeptical of Tyrion because Tyrion is known for being kind of, you know, a smartass. So when like Tyrion asks him, "Look at me, tell me what you see," and he's like, "Is this is this some some kind of trick? What do you mean? You know what I mean?" And Tyrion's like, "No, no, no, it's not, it's not that deep, kid. It's not that deep." But um, you know, to your point, <clears throat> seeing uh, you know, some of the the Nights Watchmen um, when Benjen and, and and Tyrion and their and their party meet up with Yorn, who's a Nights Watch brother. Um, and they're picking up these poachers and these rapists and these thieves. You know, it 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 sheds a light not just on John but on the readers as well, mm-hmm. right? Because the last that we've learned of a Night's Watch person, other than Benjen, was the prologue. Yes, right. And we see that, or we see what their job what their primary job probably used to be mm-hmm. thousands of years ago was to ward off whatever the hell Waymar Royce and his his crew ran into mm-hmm. out there. But over time, it's clearly gotten dwindled down to a joke, frankly, right, in Westeros. Um, so I, I think it, it, it adds a little bit more to the setting of where Westeros is as a realm politically, right, with what's going on north of the wall and what we know is out there, even though we got that little taste in the prologue and haven't had a whiff of it since. Yes. Even like Benjamin, like he talks about how the older people still remember the times of the past. And then also Tyrion reading the book and learning more about dragon and dragon glass. Like you're just dropping a lot of gems now in this particular chapter that Reading, watching the show, you're like, "Ooh, this is how it all got into." Like now, I know what this is. But if you're just a reader and it's the first time actually hearing these terms, you're like, "Oh, okay, cool. It's something that's very shiny. It's black. It's more durable. Um, it's just like steel, but you can do more things with it." Our archer will love to have it. Like, okay, these are really cool things. And then it talks about the past of 300 years ago and the dragons and how you can actually walk in your mouth and through and everything. It's like how the dragons were and how the kingdom was 300 years ago right so what it is now it's you would not know that without the books so you need someone like i'm tearing to actually show and the readers actually know the great history and how rich it really was and then you bring to your point of how it is now and how it's more about the political side how even when the new hand of the king he's like hey i don't ned's like i don't want to do all this like it's not the way of what i want it to be it just shows the whole dynamic is totally different yeah no that's a great point you bring up too because it is they do give us a little bit more exposition about just the last 300 years in westeros and kind of how this realm came to be right so they they talk a little bit about aegon the conqueror and and how they, they talk about the field of fire which was just one of his battles that that he um he participated in where you know all three of the original dragons balerion Meraxes, um and Vagar were all used in the same battle all at once, which 
that's just fucking overkill. Bro, I mean, like one is more than enough, and they brought three? all three fully fully grown dragons and just laid waste to people. Off subject, but not really off subject. That's why this television program by HBO Max of House of the Dragons, like for me, like now, like having connections of what these are and seeing how massive these creatures are. And then seeing how the kingdom was and how ruthless even the people that ruled the dragons were. It's the one thing about having a right. dragon. But the personality of the person who's there has that match in it. It goes to a different level. And then you have all three of them. It's, yeah. This. Yeah, well, and, and you know, and not to get off topic, but it is, it is kind of, it's hard to not have maybe a mellow personality <laughs> when you're. When you're riding a nuclear warhead <laughs> at any point in time, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyways, getting getting back to Tyrion. Um, again, yeah, man. I you know I I I love his fascination with history. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it shows that he's set himself apart. You know, from a, a intelligence level with most people in Westeros, right? Being able to to have that interest in history and dragons and in, in politics and stuff like that, which is, which is why Tyrion ends up being so good at what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he's always operating a step ahead of everyone else. Um, what did you think just about like, you know, like, I mean, Tyrion being paired up with John again, going North. Um, they, they talk a lot about just like the sheer size of the north right i mean robert talked about it a little bit in the in the last chapter but you know i mean i think the the, the chapter starts out with Tyrion saying you know the north seemed to go on forever and they were on their 18th day like winterfell was already pretty far north but they're going all the way to the wall and so like on horseback it's it's a long journey this isn't like a couple of day trip this is you know it's, it's gonna be months before you can make it back to king's Landing. and it just i thought it was um I like the fact that it was such a emphasize on long journey, because as you know, later in the story it shows how it explains the pacing of how you can bounce around other chapters and how it's oh why right. they're not there yet because this journey is very it's extenuous it's very long like it's to get through these things it's not a day trip you have to actually plan the weather elements everything and then you during this journey you see the back and forth of the tit for tat between. The Starks history and the um, Lannisters history, and how you see how the Lannisters like I'm paraphrasing like we will never deny anything, we'll take it and then use it to our advantage. And they were talking about just the fact that like how they are just takers, and it goes back to even like when King Robert now they just opportunists. They hop in when they have to yep. and they get what they have to. So you're up there, hey, you're gonna offer me a coat? Hey, I'm take it. Thinking you're gonna show me up? No, I, I need it. And if you're gonna offer, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna use you. Yeah, yeah, I need it because it's cold as shit. Yeah, it's it's like the end of summer up here, and y'all, it's still snowing. Yeah, so I'm not gonna be too. Yeah, I'm gonna take yeah, it. So I'm gonna take everything you give me because I'm gonna make sure I make it to this journey. I don't care about everything else. I want to make sure that I am there. And it shows you how the Lannisters think, and that's just what they are. So it's really cool showing that this is how like the journey can break you down before you even get to where you have to go. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's it's brutal up there in the north, man, and you know, and and they talk about it all the time throughout the books. You know, the north is made. It's a hard land full of hard people for hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, kind of getting back to kind of the 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 crux of the chapter, which is Tyrion and John 
well, Tyrion breaking it to John, but John also realizing that the Night's Watch is kind of a joke. Um, you know, John gets he gets really emotional as a 14 year old kid does. He realizes that he's about to commit his life to this cause that isn't even really a cause, um, which is sad. Right. Because, you know, again, we talked about it before. He feels like he can't really go anywhere anyways. Right. Like there's no place for him in Winterfell. Certainly um, Rob's going to be Lord of Winterfell. They've got plenty of kids. Like there's 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 no place for him, not for a bastard in Winterfell. Um, so he gets angry and Ghost kind of comes and gives Tyrion a nice little, nice little fuck you. Um, and the thing about Ghost, though, it's so cool how they did it because like it seemed like Tyrion was getting like, darn, maybe I broke it on too hard. Let me go try to get my pat in the yeah. back. And the next thing you know, I am flat on my ass. Ghost put me there. Yeah, like no sound or nothing. He just puts you on your ass and like it just shows you that. He's a ghost. He plays no games. <laughs> Looking at you the whole time. And again, they reiterate in here too that ghost makes no sound. Yes. That he doesn't growl, he doesn't howl, doesn't bark, he doesn't do any of that. He's just all about action. All the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, again, I feel like that's just a little bit, a little, a little hint of, hey man, these dire wolves are fucking dangerous. And it's these things are dangerous. I think also the cool thing about this is maybe I'm like foreshadowing and thinking about the future. I'm curious because like now I feel like I don't know the full truth. I know half of the story because of watching the show versus the, what the books are going to enlighten me on. It shows you the beginning of a, of a decent friendship. It shows you a, uh, like a respect thing because it shows like yeah. um, John knows that hey, he's going to tell me straight how it is in Tyrion. And then Tyrion's like, Dude, he's not trying to beat me. He's a really genuine guy, John. And I'm just, if I can just lead him in the right way and talk to him and tell him what's going on, it's a religious conversation. There's no schemes. John's going to just tell you how he feels. It's, it's like, hey, it's an honor system. And everyone else is like, oh, if you do this, I'm going to do that. It's like a tip or tat type thing. When those two speak, it's not like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you, that you bring up. And that's something that I feel like this show, like on the last season, kind of gave us a little bit maybe of a hint of the future of these two characters when they hopefully inevitably reconnect um is that there was always a a little bit of a level of respect there between these two right and and you and you see that um where you know sometimes you know in, in these interactions john will ask him some questions and Tyrion's the only one who gives it to him straight but also doesn't yeah. give it to him in a way where it's just gonna gonna you know rip his chest, rip his heart out of his chest, but like kind of give him a little bit of wisdom. He's kind of he's kind of he's kind of giving the 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 young and some game here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which you know I, I give Tyrion a lot of credit for that because he has nothing to gain by giving John some wisdom. John's a nobody Facts. to him. Facts. You know what I mean? He's a nobody to him. So like it 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 just it, it kind of gives you a little bit of more info about who Tyrion is as a person um, mm-hmm. as compared to some other people in the story. But, you know, it's 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 a great chapter, man. I mean, it's it's really just it's just about, you know, Tyrion kind of breaking it to John and John kind of realizing the reality of what the Night's Watch has become. Um, again, we talked about a little bit of exposition you get about Aegon and his dragons and how kind of the realm came to be. So I, I like how George gives us little pieces of exposition, mm-hmm. little pieces of history 
throughout these chapters because it's not like you know you open the prologue and it's like long ago this happened blah 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 and it sets the whole setting for the rest of the story it's like here's here's where we are yeah. but every now and again we're going to give you some info about how we got to this point yeah i, I freaking love it i can't wait because like now i'm looking forward to the next Tyrion chapter or next john chapter and seeing okay like a little bit of knowledge as he gains what's going to happen now the next reaction when he actually walks to the wall and actually sees everything right so, it's really cool to see right that. right yeah so uh, great chapter. I mean, again, it's it's a Tyrion chapter. I'm always looking forward to Tyrion chapters. Um, we are back in Winterfell next week with uh, Duran's favorite, Lady Catelyn. Yay! Um, nice. So, <laughs> so we'll be back here next week. Uh, thanks, guys, for hanging out, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys in Winterfell next week. Peace and love.